Um, now I was traveling over Christmas and I lost my glasses. So these are my one pound glasses from the cheap shop in UK. So if I get muddled then it's because of the glasses. Um, if I can, uh, what else have I got in here? That's the later. This, uh, yeah, this one here. Now, can I just ask uh, Nelson or one of the, the stewards offering people to, to take this around? And, and you need to take one piece of paper and you can take one pen. There may even be enough pens. You can keep the pen at the end, no problem. Or give them to the students amongst us. So Esther's going to do it, who I also haven't seen for a long time. But you don't need it until right at the very end, but rather than rushing at the end, just take one and hold on to the piece of paper. Don't screw it up, because you will need it at the end. You can choose your color. OK, so um, the thing to, entitled today is, I hope it's on the screen eventually, four things on earth are small. Proverbs 30, verses 24 to 28. Those verses, they say this. Four things on earth are small, yet they are extremely wise. Ants are creatures of little strength, yet they store up their food in the summer. Hyraxes are creatures of little power, yet they make their home in the crags. Locusts have no king, yet they advance together in ranks. A lizard can be caught with the hand, yet it is found in king's palaces. So, that's what we're going to study today. And um, I'll give you a little bit of history about how that came about. But um, as always, it's really great that the way it goes before. And as I, as I go through the sermon, you'll see how it also relates to the way that the worship was, was leading, our worship team was leading us this morning. And I thank them for that. And uh, yeah, it's just great, the, the way that God brings things together like this. Okay, now... I have to confess that I have not had much time to prepare for this message compared to normal. Um, the Taylor family, we've been away for a few Sundays. You will have noticed we've been visiting Chantal in uh, Kansas City uh, over the festive season. She's very well and uh, she sends her greetings to everybody here. We um, saw a little bit of snow, but a lot more snow came after we left, which was handy. But we did make a little snowman with Chantal. Um, so she enjoyed it and became a great fan of the Frozen movie while we were there. Um, it was brilliant to be together again as a family, but, but I only found out a couple of days ago um, that I was asked to speak, or I was expected to speak today. I knew I was expected to speak last week, but I knew I'd be away. And uh, so Monica WhatsApped me and said, oh, can you speak on today instead? And I said, yeah, if I am free, then... I don't think if I'd ever reject such a request. As my starting point for all my sermons is to ask God what he wants me to look at and say. And he is not time limited. Whether he asked me yesterday, which he didn't luckily, he asked me four or five days ago, he would give me the words to say. So I prayed and I felt God saying that it would be good to do something from Proverbs. We've just read some of Proverbs. But it's a big book with 31 chapters, and according to Google, it has around 900 proverbs. Then my daily Bible reading app came in. Proverbs 17, verse 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Ah, interesting, I thought. 
But I felt God saying that this was not the verse that I wanted you to speak on. But I do want you to relate a few proverbs to actions and sayings of Jesus. Now, what else was in my bag? I'd almost forgotten. You like my little quiz every time I speak. So today you have to think what I was thinking. So Proverbs 17, verse 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. So... What verse of Jesus sprang into my mind when I read Proverbs 17, 17? I for those of you who've been around, I used it when I spoke on Mordecai a few times ago. What verse sprang to my mind? Stimulated by this verse. A friend loves at all times. Relating it to Jesus. There's a prize, and the prize is from America. Not from the Muyenga supermarket this time. What spraying of Jesus brings to your mind when you read that proverb? Just say that you don't need to tell me the verse, you can just tell me. Because even me, I don't, I don't know where the verses are, I just Google them. I Google the words and up comes the verse. Yeah? Sorry? Hey! Yep! Yes, that's John 15, verse 13. Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. And in America, they love all these sweet, horrible things, but, uh, ah, you can share them with everybody. Look, well done. Yeah, so that's what sprung to my mind. And again, it relates very much to our worship this morning as we see Jesus there on the cross. So, am I done with my message? Unfortunately not. Although, uh, um, it won't be such a long message. Because a friend then sent me a message that someone had prepared on Proverbs 30, verses 24 to 38, which we read at the start of the sermon. The shared message was part one of a four-part series reflecting on the planning of ants. And now I'm looking forward to the series and part two arriving. And three and four. But before I read these other parts, I have to share this message with you. And I also took a slightly different tack than what he was talking about when he reflected on ants. Because Jesus was telling me that I needed to relate the Proverbs to, to sayings and actions of Jesus. Now many of the Proverbs are written by Solomon, but these ones are written by Agur, son of Jacob, an inspired utterance as it states in Proverbs verse 30, verse 1, chapter 30, verse 1. So, let's start off with ants. Uh -huh. Proverbs 30, verse 25 says, Ants are, little creature, are, are creatures of little strength, yet they store up their food in summer. Any of you with small kids will have watched this numerous times, I'm sure the ants and the grasshoppers, and there's a song that goes in my head, and it was in my head last night. Uh, Chanel is still on America time, so two or three in the morning, hello, daddy and mommy, I'm awake. Oh, dear. Just as our proverb says, the ants in the song are busy, busy, busy collecting their food for winter, but the grasshopper is just watching them, he enjoys playing his violin and relaxing in the sun. The ants encourage him to collect some food as winter is coming, but he just laughs them off until winter does come. 
And in the cold, he has no option than to go shivering to the ants who welcome him in and share their food. And the words of Jesus that come to my mind are in Matthew 6 and verses 19 to 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin will destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This passage is part of the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus also encourages us to work towards storing up and not sitting around and expect manna to fall from heaven. Manna might fall from heaven. And when it does, we should be very grateful. Each week, including today, we've heard testimonies about such manna falling on people's lives. Although you also hear, like Maggie, she sent off so many applications as well, but at the end, the manna fell. God is good. God is magnificent. Praise God. But for most of the time and for most people, God will supply our needs, but it requires an effort on our part also. This is the nature of storing. The ants are busy working while the grasshopper is relaxing. But Jesus makes the point about where we are storing. And this automatically is linked to what are we storing. Is all our effort being pushed towards getting more money in the bank, more houses, more land or cars, or getting the latest fashion in clothing or smartphones? There is nothing wrong with any of those in themselves. But the key word in Jesus' saying is heart. Jesus warns us not to be driven by the desire to amass more earthly treasures, but to put our our heart passion into storing up treasures in heaven. And what might treasures in heaven look like? Well, one place we can look again is, of course, to the words of Jesus. Matthew 25 and verse 37 to 40 says this, Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go and visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. A few years back, some of you know, Harriet and myself, we had this terrible robbery at our home in Busabale. It was a horrible, horror experience and the thieves took a lot of stuff and they also beat us around nastily. It was a hard, it was hard. But ultimately, we thank God that we were alive and our family was safe. It is people and not things that matter. That is why many of these super rich people end up establishing foundations and giving away huge amounts of their wealth because at the end of the day, when we could buy anything, anything brings no satisfaction. And yet saving the life of one child who might have otherwise died of starvation brings joy to the heart which is more satisfying than any amount of gold. Proverbs 30, verse 25. Ants are creatures of little strength 
Yet they store up their food in the summer. How do we invest our strength? So, our next little animal, hyraxes. Proverbs 30 and verse 26. Hyraxes are creatures of little power, yet they make their homes in the crags. Oh, yeah, it's a picture of a hyrax. Good. I'm not sure how many of you have seen a hyrax. Any of you seen one? Oh, <laughs> where did you see it, Lynette? Yeah, I better ask because you were very, very fast. In South Africa, you have them. Oh, yeah. Anybody else seen them? Nigel, where did you see them? We're going to Table Mountain next month because my daughter's getting married, so we'll look for the hyraxes. I've also seen them, but I saw them here in Uganda, in, Mount, in Moroto. If you go in Moroto and you climb the mountain there, you might see them. Any, oh, even Mount Elgon, any of those mountains, you can see them in their crags. Anyway, they're little animals. They're like bunnies, rabbits, but without the ears, sort of, anyway. Very sweet looking. I'm not sure if any of you have seen a hyrax, but as you can see from the picture, they're a bit like a rabbit without the long ears, and they love living amongst the rocks. When I used to live in Moroto, every Sunday afternoon, I used to go walking with friends up the mountain. And there were certain rocky outcrops where you knew you were being spied on by these hyraxes. And at times, even if you did not see them, but often we did get glimpses of them, and they would always scurry away into the rocks. And just like rabbits, they are very tasty. Well, I'm not sure if humans eat them, actually, but anyway, other animals eat them. But for most other carnivores, whether eagles or foxes, they are the choice dish. They have no means of protecting themselves, apart from this wonderful climbing ability and having great eyes and ears. So that when danger is near, they squeak, squeak, and, and the community goes scurrying into the rocks. The words that sprang into my mind when thinking of hyraxes and their love for rocks were the words of the famous hymn written by Augustus uh, Tolopandi back in the 1700s. Rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. But those are the words of a person, not the words of Jesus. So we're trying to link our proverb to the words of Jesus. And so what came to mind from the words of Jesus was to be like the wise man who built his house upon the rock. Matthew 7 and verse 24 says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. As Christians, we're not told to withdraw from the world, but actually the opposite, to be salt and light amongst the people with whom we interact, our families, our workmates, our fellow students, and all the other people we socialize with. This is not always easy. And the other factor is that the devil is roaming around like a lion, trying to draw us away from Jesus and to fall in temptation. We are commanded, resist the devil and he will flee in James 4 and verse 7. We have no reason to fear the devil and his evil ways. But this requires us to be building our lives on the words of Jesus. This is the rock that will protect us when the trouble comes. And like the hyrax and Topaldi when he wrote The Rock of Ages, we can have 100% confidence in the security that the rock offers. Are you being a wise person and building your lives on Jesus, the rock? Proverbs 30, verse 26. Hyraxes are creatures of little power, yet they make their homes 
in the crags. So, one, two down, the next one. Locusts. Now we know about these. We've often seen these, I think. Locust, Proverbs 13, verse 27 says, Locusts have no king, yet they advance in their ranks. Okay, this bit's a bit boring, but I thought, well, for me it was interesting, but it, it's just taken from Google. Between June 2019 and February 2022, a major outbreak of desert locusts began developing and threatening the food supplies of East Africa. The outbreak was worst, uh, the worst to hit Kenya in 70 years and the worst in 25 years in Ethiopia and Somalia. It also had an impact on Uganda along the eastern border with Kenya and South Sudan. One locust on its own is no threat to a crop. But when they swarm in their millions, with each locust eating about its own weight of food in each day, a swarm, one kilometer, so it's a big swarm, one kilometer in size, contains about 40 million locusts. And it can eat the same amount of food in one day as about 35,000 people. That's why it's a bit of an emergency when they start swarming and moving around. They can just decimate uh, the whole countryside. There is power in numbers, for good or for bad. John 17, verse 23 says this, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you. Even as you. I, I in them and you in me, so that you may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved, loved them even as you love. It was great in the morning in the worship when we, we held hands and were able to pray for our neighbor. My neighbor was my wife. Perhaps your neighbor was someone you'd never held hands with before. Well, help put your hand on your shoulder. But KIC Labour, we're a community. We're like a, a swarm of locusts, but we're a good swarm, not a bad swarm. But we're powerful when we come together. Jesus' prayer in John 17 gives us a wonderful insight into this intimacy of the Father and the Son. And in verse 23, this thinking is extended to also include the same intimacy between Jesus and ourselves. And what is Jesus' prayer? That this same intimacy be extended to our love for one another that we may be brought together in complete unity. As we relate this to our own lives and circumstances, we should not start pointing the finger at others. Point the finger at me. Am I living in complete unity with my fellow Christian brothers and sisters? Or are those, those, those people, those brothers and sisters that I avoid or even push away? Look around this church this morning. KIC Laboa. What do we feel as we see those people sitting around us? Complete unity or some hints of division? Jesus' words in John 23 that they might be brought together in complete unity. Of course, we are not perfect people. And this is a fact that always comes out far too easily in any relation to unity amongst believers. I believe that this is one of the reasons that Jesus made this a focus of his prayer in John 17. He knew it would be a challenge 
And therefore he lifts us up in prayer to his heavenly Father. But when unity is there, just like the swarm of locusts, there can be great power. Acts 4, verses 32 to 35 says this. All believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the, gospel, the, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerful at work in them. And there were no needy persons amongst them. When we come together in unity, God is so happy. God can do so much more. He can work for each one of us as individuals, of course. But, it, but he designed us to work together as a church, as his body, the body of Christ. Locusts have no king, yet they're advanced together in their ranks. In 2024, as KIC Laboa, can we commit ourselves to learn from the locusts and to be obedient to God's words and to seek to strengthen our unity? Okay, now to our last little and wise animal, which I know you all will have seen. Proverbs 30 and verse 28. A lizard can be caught in the hand and yet is found in king's palaces. Now, this is an animal that we're all very familiar to us all. And perhaps one we see every day. Maybe there's even some stuck on the wall here. Chanel loves spotting the, the geckos in, inside and outside our house. She walks up on them and then tries to make them run away. Which they normally do well in advance of her getting anywhere near them. But sometimes there may be one that's not spotted her or is a bit braver. And then the tables are turned and Chanel is afraid of the lizard. She certainly does not want to catch it in her hand. I like this verse and the thought that these humble creatures are at home in our house but also quite in home in the presidential lodge and in neither place do they ask for an invite. At one time we will also go and live in a palace and be with a king. We even sung about that as well in our worship this morning. King Jesus. Death has no fear. It's just the beginning of eternity for us. For us, we have an invitation. John 14, verses 2 and 3 says this. And think of what we were singing in our worship. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I not have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. Yes, whether you are on a high period or a low period in your lives at the moment. As we have faith in Jesus and in obedience uh, live to his word, we can be totally, totally sure that we have the most wonderful place awaiting, for, awaiting us in eternity. Are we ready to occupy one of the rooms that Jesus has been preparing for us? Learning from ants, we know that we need to be obedient to God's word and to store up treasures in heaven. Learning from hyraxes, we know that we are established on Jesus, the rock, 
and have security and safety in all circumstances. Learning from locusts, we know that we realize success as we work together in unity, the body of Christ. Learning from lizards, we know that we have a room in the heavenly palace prepared for us. We are not so small, but today, can we have similar wisdom to at least one of these four small creatures? And I don't know, have you all got your pieces of paper now? Uh-huh, and your pens? Share a pen if you want enough pens. And just to close this service, I said I'm going to hand out a piece of paper, that's already done. And I want us to, I want you, and this will serve as a reminder of how God has spoken to you today. On the paper, I want you to draw a picture of one of those four animals. Well, you could draw all four of them if they're all speaking to you, but maybe try and think this morning of the one which uh, speaks to you most today, this morning, for this week. Don't worry, they're not going to be assessed or anything. No one else will look unless you uh, look at them and show them. On the paper, draw the animal that most spoke to you. Then, when you get home, or to school, or to the office, somewhere where you will see it every day during this week, stick it up. And as you look at it, say a quick prayer to God, asking Him to build your wisdom in the area that represent, the animal represents through these, through this Proverbs of Agur. I hope you can all do that, or doing that. Let me just read the proverb again, and then we'll pray. Proverbs 30, verse uh, 24 to 28. Four things on this earth are small, yet they are extremely wise. Ants are creatures of little strength, yet they store up their food in the summer. Hyraxes are creatures of little power, yet they make their homes in the crags. Locusts have no king, yet they advance together in their ranks. A locust can be caught in the hand, yet it is found in king's palaces. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for preparing that place in eternity for us. Lord, as we sang in our worship this morning, death is not the end. Death has lost its sting. Lord, we thank you for these four small animals. So, so small, and yet they are wise. Lord, as we think about them, the ant, the hyrax, the locust, and the lizard, Lord, we just pray that you would prompt us to consider their wisdom. And also see how we can apply that wisdom in our own lives. As we look at this little picture that we've drawn through the week, Lord, prompt each one of our hearts to continue to ponder on those thoughts. To know that you are our rock. To know that we are part of KIC Labour. What can we do to strengthen our fellowship? To know that uh, you are preparing a place for us. And to know that we can store up our riches in heaven and be obedient to your word. Lord, it's not always easy, and the devil is roaming around trying to tempt us and pull us away. Peer pressure and society around us, whatever things, whatever ways may be trying to, to pull us away. By the power of your Spirit in us, Lord, we pray that we would be able, through 2024, to become more wise in our living and in our obedience to you. 
for your glory and for the sake of the strengthening of your body, the church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much. See you next.